0: Continuing with our series uh, this summer uh, concerning different things that are, uh, are part of our daily living, and this morning we are looking at what I call the shadow of debt. So, hear this word from Proverbs twenty-second chapter. Just a single verse, verse 7. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave of the lender. That is God's wisdom for us in, uh, in this day. And most of us uh, probably have heard something about how much consumer debt we have in our country about a trillion dollars in consumer debt that we have. Uh, The average family or the average credit card holder person has about close or approaching twenty thousand dollars in credit card debt. Now Hopefully, most of you, if not all of you, are below that number. But perhaps some of you are above that number. After all, remember, that's an average. So, we can reasonably conclude that there are some folks that are well above that number. And again, hopefully, uh, many that are below it. All this we have uh, continued to kind of accumulate since 2008 when the economy crashed and uh, many people found themselves in terrible financial distress as a result of that. A lot of people lost their jobs during that time. You would think uh, that we would have learned some lessons from that. But the lesson that apparently we've learned is that if uh, we are offered easy credit, if we get bombarded in our mailboxes each and every day with some kind of offer, that many people will take those offers without really thinking of the consequences of what happens when you begin uh, usually to slowly accumulate debt, debt that can never reasonably be repaid. If you look at the fine print on your credit card statements, if you happen to get those each month, and you look at the, uh, how, much, how long it would take to pay off your credit card debt, if you just pay the minimum amount. Uh, For for a good many of us, we probably won't live that long. In other words, it's really not going to be repaid. It can't be repaid. Not paying a little bit at a time. And then if you look at what it would take to pay it off in three years, even though uh, you may have used the card, borrowed the money, with the good intention of of paying it back as quickly as possible, you may find when you look at that number, that that's a number you can't afford. It doesn't fit with everything else that you have to pay. Well, let's flash back. Over 2,000 years ago. To when Proverbs was written. And we think that it's possible Solomon might have written these words, could have been another author, but it's wisdom, wisdom from God, and here's the wisdom that's offered in this single verse, and reiterated in other places in the Bible, here's the wisdom that's offered, and here's the circumstance that existed when Proverbs was written, about decisions, Uh, what do I do to to uh, get ahead, to escape the desperation that I'm in. Can I borrow my way out of this trouble? So here's one way that borrowing your way out of trouble happened in in Israel. Uh, Folks could sell themselves into servitude with the idea that they could work their way out eventually. And so, while that may have provided some kind of relief, some kind of resource, selling yourself into slavery, into servitude, most of those servants found that there was no way out. They were trapped, they were enslaved by what they borrowed. Even if they themselves were the collateral for what they borrowed. No way out. They were walking in the shadow of death. And it is to that condition that the author of Proverbs speaks. Be careful about the decisions That you make when you decide to borrow. Or even if you decide to borrow. Now, hear this and hear it clearly. The author is not making moral judgment, he's not standing there with a hammer, a club in his hand, condemning people who have found themselves in this circumstance. He understands the desperation that people can can experience. What he's doing is simply describing what is: that you can find yourself in debt that enslaves you, so that you are no longer you are the the uh, the slave to the master to uh, whoever you may owe money too. So the other thing that this single verse says is be careful not only as to whether you borrow, but from whom you borrow. If someone is uh, um, amenable, you know, everybody's friendly uh, when you go to, seek, uh, when you go to, to get a loan. And all the advertisements you get in your mailbox are just gushing with trips that you can take and things that you can get that you want that you haven't had the chance to get for whatever reason. It's all very tempting. The person that's at the bank or at the credit union or wherever they may be is there hoping That they can loan you money in hoping that you qualify for the loan. But, here's where relationship comes in. Once you get in trouble, or if you get in trouble, what kind of of concern, what kind of help is the lender going to give you? It makes a difference from whom you borrow. So, when we were at the General Assembly, one of the workshops that I went to uh, was about a church, Shawnee Community Christian Church. And the story, we're about to show you that story in just a minute, the story really has a, a, a couple of different things to look for. First of all, The fact that uh, this church that had borrowed heavily, at least borrowed from somebody they had a relationship with that cared about them and wanted to do the best they could for them to go be able to move forward in mission. And then second of all, the church was willing to do some things uh, that were very difficult in order to Uh, extricate themselves in order that they didn't have to walk in the shadow of debt anymore. So we're going to show uh, kind of a a broad uh, example, institutional example if you will organizational example then we'll talk a little bit more about individual, personal.
1: Shawnee Park Christian Church was founded in 1978 in a house on donated farmland. We grew quickly, brimming with youth, built a new sanctuary and education space, dreamed of an exciting future. And then, during the economic downturn of the early 2000s, we struggled. In 2011, we participated in new beginnings with Hope Partnership. What we learned about ourselves was not good news. We were giving less than 3% of donated funds to Mission while nearly 60% went toward a large mortgage that we struggled to pay for a building that was aging faster than we could keep up with. After a period of discernment as part of New Beginnings, we agreed reluctantly but unanimously to sell our property, to invest more of our resources and energy and real mission, and to relocate to rented space, starting over as a new church, doing ministry in new ways that might continue our witness in the neighborhood.
2: After they sold the building, they had a a location, uh, which is actually about a little over four miles uh, northwest of where the the old location was. Uh, Went in, renovated space, and uh, now have this wonderful worship area uh, that is very flexible. It has uh, classrooms for the the youth and children, uh, and it has the administrative spaces. But what is most impressive about it is the fact it's so flexible, it's used for multiple things, uh, and they don't waste space.
1: During our transition, church extension allowed us to take out a loan because we feared that during our quick move and launch as a new congregation, we might lose so many people that we would need help financially getting off the ground. Still, God is good. Last month, we celebrated our first year in our new space, Reborn as Shawnee Community Christian Church.
2: What I've always said is that you know, the churches of yesterday uh, were single-use facilities uh, and where we could only do one thing in each of the rooms. That was all that it was good for. Uh, and whereas today what we're doing is we're going in and we're building buildings and we're renting buildings and renovating buildings and they're very flexible so that uh, you can have, uh, in the case of Shawnee Community, uh, their worship space in a matter of four minutes can be converted from worship into fellowship uh, and ready to, to feed 150 individuals uh, in a matter of four minutes. So it, it's pretty amazing.
1: Last year, we gave 11% of our offerings directly to global, regional, and local mission. And over 65% of our budget went toward mission giving, ministry staffing, and hands on ministry in our congregation. Since New Beginnings, we have collected nearly $50,000 above our budget toward Disciple Global Mission and Week of Compassion projects around the world. We are grateful to the SCCC community for having the courage. Do not stand still and accept what might have been but risk everything to spread the mission of love devotion and acceptance of all of god's people we celebrated our one-year anniversary by gathering for communion and baptisms and by packing over 10,000 meals to be shared during disaster relief we continue to be one of the fastest growing churches in our region We are alive. We are alive because God is faithful, because people in our region continue to believe in us. We are alive because of faithful people who laid down their personal preferences and comforts for the sake of mission and in hope of resurrection.
0: So, a little bit about the rest of that story. How much debt did that church have? Over a million and a half dollars that they owed at the time that they uh, called their, their good partner uh, in church extension. Over a was they were paying, I talked to their pastor, they were paying eight, between eight and nine thousand dollars every month, or trying to, and not able to do it really. Eight and nine thousand dollars a month just for debt service. And the building that they built in 1978 that was brand, brand new, all of a sudden was 35, 40 years old, or approaching 40 years old. And, and we know this all too well here, uh, maintenance expenses were beginning to, uh, to mount up, were beginning to climb. And so what they found was uh, they, they needed freedom, they needed to be out of that valley of, of the shadow of debt, they were enslaved. And through uh, some faithful kind of decision-making, through some faithful partners that were able to help them, they were able to find freedom and they are able to do ministry again and be the vital church that they are and will continue to, uh, to be. Now, a second example. When I worked uh, right after seminary, I worked in migrant labor camps in North Carolina. Uh, One of the streams of migrant laborers came up from Florida. They were primarily African-Americans. And here's how the system worked. They indentured themselves, for lack of a better way to put it, to the crew boss, the person that organized them and brought them all up to the tobacco fields in North Carolina. Now, in that uh, signing on, if you will, or becoming part of the crew, everything that they got was provided by the crew boss and they were charged for every single thing they got. So when payday came after working 12-14 hours a day in in the fields, payday came, what they would find is, oh by the way, you got to pay for every single meal that you've been provided. You got to pay for all the toiletries, all the cleaning supplies, that we've given. You've got to pay for this. You've got to pay for that. Everything that they they thought was just part of uh, being there and being able to do the job were things they were paying for, so they got next to nothing come payday. They were trapped. They were enslaved. There was no way out. Some of them were so desperate to get out in some of those migrant camps that they tried to escape, and I mean literally escape, Because my partner and I, uh, in in ministry, a guy named Kelton Hinton, uh, several times we visited uh, the community hospital in the county where we worked because migrant laborers had been shot by the crew boss trying to escape. We were in one of those camps uh, working, uh, and, and we were invited to do Bible study on Wednesday nights. And we came into that camp, and we started to do... Uh, Bible study, and we started to talk about uh, how to handle uh, some of the resources and some of the practices that all the crew bosses engaged in, in terms of uh, indenturing, enslaving really, their workers. We didn't know what or if if anything would happen as a result of that, but in this particular camp, the crew boss came under conviction. And in the Bible, in Deuteronomy, it talks about the year of Jubilee, the day of Jubilee. When debt is forgiven, captives are free. People can pursue uh, what God intended them to pursue. The lender forgives the debt. Day of Jubilee. Well, we had somewhere along the way had talked about that. This guy, uh, lo and behold, he actually took it to heart the crew boss and on Wednesday night he said this is the day of Jubilee guys don't owe anything well guess what happened those guys started to work a lot harder for that guy they got up and there there was a, a totally different attitude in the mornings when they'd head out to those fields totally different spirit in that camp they were free and able to do things that, that previously they were, they were oppressed and just downtrodden in the shadow of death. So in our, in our system, Winston Churchill and Malcolm Forbes both talk about uh, the capital, capitalist system, and both of them in, in different ways said the same thing. Winston Churchill said uh, the same thing he said about democracy. It's really a terrible system, but it's the best system that we have, and it's one that we deeply need to be devoted to. And Malcolm Forbes Said, you know, without the moral balance of Christianity, uh, capitalism is a terrible way to do things because it leads to unequal distribution of things. He said it needs the moral temperance of Christianity, of grace, of forgiveness. There needs to be an element of wisdom. You know, we're talking about wisdom from over. 2,000 years ago about how to take care with whether you borrow or not and even who you borrow from. Over 2,000 years ago and that wisdom still still has great, great meaning and significance for us today. So wherever you are, in your life, and you may you may be somebody that can offer the year of Jubilee, the day of Jubilee to somebody. I will leave that to you and to God as to how that may work or not work. You may be in that position. You may be in the shadow of debt. Again, Proverbs is not making any moral judgments here. The is just saying, this is the way it is. And it's not a pleasant place to be. Stay faithful. Look for partners that can help. Examples like Shawnee Christian Church that found partnership. Somebody that cared about what they were doing, not how much they owed. And was owed to them. Seek God's wisdom. Live God's wisdom. Be God's wisdom. Let's pray. God, we thank you for for practical wisdom that lives and and breathes throughout the ages and even in, in our day. And especially in our day. So Lord, wherever we find ourselves, God gives us wisdom. Give us strength to make some tough decisions where we may have to do that. God assure us again that you're with us always. And Lord, that there is freedom. And Lord, that that is your desire for each and every one of us. In Christ's name, amen.